now have a panel of three speakers. Each will share for 20 minutes. Our first speaker today is Kate D. So Kate D, who will speak from an ABC perspective, which is anorexia, bulimia, and compulsive exerciser. Please help me welcome Kate D. Good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Kate. I'm a compulsive eater. Um, yeah, I'm really glad to be here and see all these friendly faces. And I'm going to try and speak up. It's not really my normal volume. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm just going to follow the typical format, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. Um, for me, I really saw my eating um, become an issue when I was around 15 years old. Um, before that, I could like leave something on my plate and not really think about it. Um, I think it was just like a combination of a lot of factors. Um, uh, mostly my parents uh, were going through a very weird, um, you know, almost divorce, not really. There was a lot of pressure from the community that I was in to kind of have the perfect house, the perfect life do all the things very perfectly. Um, and I think I'm gonna reflect on like the different communities because today it's Unity Day and how those impact my recovery and how I see myself and how I've kind of transformed. Um, so essentially, uh, I had a breakup around the time I was like 15, 16, and I didn't have any tools for managing that. I didn't have any tools for regulating my own feelings in a healthy way. And so uh, food seemed like the perfect solution. Um, I kind of heard a one-off from a friend of a friend that was like, oh, Kate, um, I did water polo and there was like a dance team and he was in like a dance person and I was doing water polo so I was like stronger. And he was like, oh, Kate's the whale and she's something else. And like, I was like, oh my God, like, have I never just considered my body? Like, it w I wasn't in touch with that stuff. And so it was like, I'll turn inward, because that's what I knew how to do and kind of was raised with, is like, this is my thing that I'm going to deal with alone. And so um, I just kind of like put food in baggies. Um, I would run for hours. Um, I just really <coughs> needed to find a sense of safety in being small and not saying, what I needed, um, and kind of just like, like low-grade manipulating people to see me how I was hoping they would see me. Um, and so just continued very privately. Um, and it wasn't necessarily super um, visual to the outside world. I don't think I was much more than like 20 pounds than I am now or 10 less. So it was like definitely something I could hide behind and not really tell anyone about. And if I did tell somebody, it was someone who didn't really have the emotional maturity to get me much help or do much with it because maybe they were sick themselves. Um, and I kind of learned that that was a pattern for me, was um, relating to people who were like at my level and couldn't really do much with that. Um, and so it like continued on like that. Um, I took a lot of messages from the community where I grew up of like, it's all about what you're projecting, your appearance, like be blonde, be skinny, be the best at everything. 
and it, you know, whatever costs. Um, I remember a friend um, who got grounded several times because she didn't run a fast enough time in track. And like, that was just kind of the MO. Um, I had a friend pass out in gym. And I remember kind of being like, that's a little weird. Like she's passed out in gym. And I told the, the gym um, professor, <laughs> the gym coach, uh, and I was like, hey, like, I think something's wrong. She passed out. And she was like, you know, it was kind of just like, we're all passing out and no one really cares. <laughs> like, all right. So um, that was tough. And then, um, you know, the family community of like, for me, I saw a lot of like anxious behavior with my mom. Um, and I don't think she necessarily expressed it with food, but it was in kind of like this drive to um, show a certain thing to all of her, um, the world and prove a lot of stuff. And she didn't know how to self-regulate. Um, so she kind of turned to substances like alcohol, um, rageaholic behavior. Um, and so it was kind of this culture of like being really vigilant around my behavior and what I'm doing and how I'm presenting and being acceptable um, and like constantly like this acceptable being good and being like um, someone that does what everybody else wants me to do Um, and I didn't have a lot of outlets for expressing my feelings in an appropriate way or people that I could go to um, with the truth and actually some of what has been really profound in the step work I've done is like how do I live my truth, um, and why is that important? Um, and that's an amends I get to make to myself every day. So essentially, I had therapy. There was like that was okay to go to therapy, and so that was a place where I kind of started the ball rolling around emotional honesty and how to regulate my feelings in an appropriate place. Um, and then. Um, you know, there was like some time in between there in college where I was like abusing Adderall to stay skinny, um, but also kind of like a pressure valve of like in college there's finally some anonymity, which is helpful in your healing process of like I can be whoever I want. And um, I got like a lot of relief that way. Um, but then once I graduated, um, my dad got really sick and he passed away. And like the scaffolding that was kind of holding up like the emotional safety that I did have kind of collapsed and then I was left with myself I didn't know how to connect with myself in a way to like ask for help or ask others for help or kind of work through my feelings so it like went to two things and it was like get really skinny exercise um, put it into counting calories like use that energy in this like kind of frenetic way and then also date and I remember hearing this voice was like you're not doing this single. Like, there's no way you're gonna manage this grief that way. Um, And so I just exercised my way um, through that. And then uh, when I moved to San Francisco, all that reality kind of hit me. I wasn't able to find a boyfriend. Um, The job that I was kind of working was not like a safe place emotionally either because that was something I was learning as I drawn to these places that are like emotionally unsafe and I would recreate dynamics everywhere I went because I hadn't really done any of the work to change any of that. Um, And so um, all that kind of crashed down and I felt very alone with all those feelings. Um, 
which, you know, I also have heard in these rooms is like, we're, uh, you know, terminally unique, like, no one's ever experienced a father passing before. No one's ever experienced like eating weird or doing things with food um, or constantly running. But it felt like very much my problem. And um, so I had enough of that, like uh, something inside me uh, that was like working towards uh, graduate school. But I thought, you know what, I'll go on this yoga retreat um, right before I start my graduate program and I met this yoga instructor who um, just so open about her eating disorder. She's like, I've been anorexic for years, I was hospitalized, um, you know, and I found through working a spiritual program for her, um, she got a lot of relief and, um, you know, I, towards the end of the retreat I broke down to her and I was like, yeah, I do that stuff too, like I, but lately what it's turned into is just like overeating and um I just want to hold space like in the ABC like version of this it's very confusing for me um because I I didn't necessarily do volume eating and I did did a lot of under eating and I was doing everything in between and so I sometimes just eating at all was like an issue and so um I didn't know how to really express that to her but she was like why don't you just um, you know, try to slow down with all that, and um, she was kind of just recommending that I don't exercise as much as I was exercising, and when I got home, um, I just started Googling, like, overeating, um, eating disorders, and um, this name popped up of a doctor that specialized in um, eating disorders, and so I went and met with her, and she showed me this list of things, uh, and uh, she was like, there's this thing called Overeaters Anonymous. Like, why don't, you know, consider it. And mm-hmm. so uh, I have no, I, at the time, no concept of 12-step programs or group therapy or like what any of it meant. And I think that was such a blessing <laughs> because I just went in fully desperate um, and in a lot of like pain. And... Um, you know, and it was weird because I don't think it was necessarily a bottom, but it was like an emotional bottom. Um, as far as like, I don't want to walk past certain cafes and feel like a magnetism towards going in there and eating something. I don't want to go home and think about all of like my, my running routes and like the clothes I need to wear when I go and meet my friends and calculate all. It's just so much calculating, and. Um, like a circus. It was like a circus in my head. It was with me when I went on Muni. It was with me when I went home. It it was with me when like I had a bad day and like I needed to regulate like with a box of something. And so um, yeah, I just went in and I just started uh, writing my feelings down. Um, The 945 writing meeting was really, really helpful uh, because I didn't want to talk to anyone. I was like, fuck this. Uh, I'm just going to write this stuff down and, um, you know, start there. And so then I, like, eked out, like, to this woman. I was like, can you be my sponsor? (laughs) She was like, what? I was like, just be my sponsor, please. 
And so we started out like um, as temporary and then slowly working the steps and sharing like my food log, which I thought was so unique and crazy. And, uh, but it was really just, you know, what most of us were experiencing and kind of working through that and like doing my fourth step, um, which I felt was like kind of the first big um, eye-opening experience of like what was mine and what was other people's and like teasing apart all of this um, kind of what drove me to the food or exercising or like compulsive behaviors because really what I've seen is none of this is about food. It's about this internal like discussion that is loud and quiet and like sometimes I'm disconnected from and have to keep returning to and learning um, and trying. Um, And so, yeah, I just kept working the steps and went through my ninth step, um, which was like hugely helpful um, because in a lot of ways I didn't have any integrity that I could see at that point. Um, And so it was such a unique gift to um, apologize for the parts I could um, and connect with these people that like frankly most of them are like I don't even remember that like and I've been holding on for years like just feeding myself with um, and them being like thank you for saying that and you know I mostly just see you in this really nice light and um, and so then I could walk away and have this integrity again because um, yeah I didn't have that about myself and uh, essentially, um, let me connect really fast. So what I needed was a place where I could come and uh, I didn't have to be good and where I could um, hold all that, I didn't have to hold all that pain myself, where I wasn't, um, there isn't limits on my feelings or needs that they're real and they're acknowledged here. Um, Also that like learning that I have kind of two realities that I work with. Um, One is like where facts are based and what's happening and then one's like how I'm seeing those and it's frantic and like getting to um, work with them both and allowing them both to be there. Um, And like I could process like the stuff that drove me psychically, you know, since the time I was 15. Um, and it was appropriate place with appropriate people um, who experienced the same thing, and that's just you know incredibly um, transformative and healing, and um, opened up like this part of myself um, that was afraid to be myself, and I really, really needed, um, and so. I guess also is that the only thing I really, you know, um, so much of my life had been like, how do I present? How do I give you this appearance? How do I, you know, kind of fool you or woo you into like being here? But really all I had to have to show up here was the desire to stop eating compulsively. And I didn't have to do it perfectly and I didn't have to know how that would look. Um, and um, it actually really wasn't up to me what that journey would look like. It just had to kind of, um, at least at first, the willingness to be willing, have a little bit of faith that um, I was doing the right thing. Um, 
and just keep that intention. And so uh, for today, that kind of looks like uh, I do like a writing practice. I do a 10 step. I go to three to four meetings a week. Um, I work with sponsees. Um, do some service. I try to um, show up at work, uh, show up with my friends, um, apologize for things that I can apologize for. Um, yeah, and uh, just not try to be the best or the worst all the time, just one of many. Um, and yeah, we kind of joked about with a fellow, like maybe we could come up with something called average and on, where we're just doing an average everything. I had an average day, I'm an average friend. I did everything just enough for today. Um, and, you know, taking those little next right actions. And then eventually I've been able to, you know, go to grad school, uh, pay for my rent, um, have good connections with people, go surfing, like, um, take French lessons, things that like, I have a full rich life, I can date and program and I have support around that. I don't know how people do things without a program at this point. Um, you don't know how people what? Do things without a program at this oh. point. Yeah. Um, and then I just wanted to close, um, I went to the relapse and recovery meeting on Wednesday and I think that this is just exactly what I got from OA community. Um, is we all need to be loved and accepted, not because we're abstinent, not because we're at goal weight, but just for who we are. This is especially true of OA members who are still suffering. They've been in programs sometimes, perhaps for months, maybe even years, but either they have not yet attained abstinence or they're in relapse. When we ask what helped them most, people have gone through this painful experience agree on one thing, being loved and accepted even when they were compulsively overeating, even when they were falling apart emotionally, even when they felt hopeless and unlovable, was key to their eventually loving and accepting themselves from there and getting abstinent. So yeah, that's just been my experience and I try to hold that mentality. Um, sometimes I'm good at it, sometimes I'm not, and a lot of things in between. So yeah, thank you for listening, appreciate it.